This week on Podcast 17, we announced the winner of our Photoshop contest. We also touch upon some mods including Combine Combat, Zombie Mod, and Haunted House. Finally, Wake from GoldenEye Source joins us to tell us about the classic GoldenEye remake. So stay tuned to Podcast 17. Welcome, listeners, to another edition of Podcast 17. This is episode 12401, and on Podcast 17, we give you the latest and greatest news, everything Half-Life and Valve-related. We have uh, a jam-packed show today. Our couple previous shows haven't been as interesting. However, this one, I guarantee, is going to have something that you'll enjoy. So, uh, before we get started, allow me to interview, or interview... That's later on. Allow me to introduce our guests. Um, as always, we have Thomas from Half-Life Creations. How you doing, Thomas? I am doing great. I've only got one more paper to go. Yeah, I just finished, actually yesterday, I finished writing my um, 10,000 word final project report on Podcast 17. I want to read that. Send me a copy. So 10,000 words on like what Podcast 17 is and how we get everything done. So... And nobody ask, nobody else asks, because it has some source code that I don't want to give out. <laughs> okay. As well, usual, want... we have Emmanuel as well, former PHL contributor. I don't know if you still contribute to PHL. Do him. <laughs> <laughs> See, now now I have to edit that out. Damn it. Really? Damn so every time I say f*** you have to edit it out? <laughs> so I'm Man- just going to intermittently say it 15 15- Emmanuel is upset with me because I woke him up when he knew we had a podcast today, this morning. When he knew. Yeah. Well, every week we have one. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Keep talking. I'm going to find where you live. (laughs) You know where I live. I'll tell anybody where I live. I like visitors. Where do you live? (laughs) Windsor, Ontario, Canada. All right. Whenever I I can bear going to a shithole, I'm going to come beat the shit out of you. <laughs> and this week, as special guest, we have Wake, aka, or I guess Nick Cook, aka Wake from uh, GoldenEye Source. How's it going? How's it, how's it going, guys? Yep, good. Good. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, for sure. Um, later on, we'll be interviewing you. And you actually told us that you prepared this week and you played pretty much everything on the agenda except for the things I added this morning. Yeah, except for the half the stuff that you added this morning. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I've though. actually played about three of the demos. Uh, that you put up awesome cool all right so uh let's get started into podcast 17 news and of course headlining today or this week is our contest winners dun, 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 from uh our current contest going on uh for the photoshop my vegas photos which is awesome um we had some really cool entries some really creative entries actually um and some not so good entries and some really good entries of course um and I think it's time to announce the winner. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Thomas, Emmanuel? The winner, well, the thing is, no one's a winner. It was just all a joke. You're all losers. No. He's... End of podcast. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> he's obviously not serious. Um, we have a no, website it's... up. We have a website I think, up. That I Nick... think we all know who's going to win it. I think uh, so, it's... too. Because it was, they were so good, and they were so colorful, and they were so well done, and they weren't half-assed, and they're actually really good. Especially the uh, the second one, it was just, I, I can't tell, I would really think this is real. Yeah. It's just, 
God damn him for doing such a good job. <laughs> Allow me to go through some of the submissions. Um, we have a good website up for all the listeners out there. Should, who want to should check we out. start with the penis one or should we uh, start with the, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, we'll, we'll start. I don't know. We'll, we'll go through, uh, we'll just go through them in order. And uh, like the site isn't complete for us, but it will be complete for you guys. It's at podcast 17 forward slash competitions forward slash Vegas. But the link will be in the show notes. You can follow along with us. And uh, topping off the list is um, Williams Eleven by Azalito, and he created a really really cool Photoshop of me with uh, Brad Pitt and uh, what's his face? Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Thank you, Matt Damon. Um, Such a fantastic picture. Yes, and it's it is. from Ocean's Eleven. Very good. Um, next on the list is City Seventeen in Vegas, and uh, this is coming from Radio Iceman, and he actually photoshopped my picture in front of Paris Hotel. And added the uh, Citadel, some green pictures, and a combine. Pretty cool. I, I actually like how well the, the Citadel blends in with the background. Um, next is Charging My Laser by Defat Cat. And no competition would be without an internet meme. And uh, he did it. He, my girlfriend is charging her laser at Jerry Springer in the Wax Museum. To be, to be fair, it, it wasn't forced. This is actually, it, it does look like she's doing it. Yeah, it does. For sure. And uh, what, what's your girlfriend's name? Stephanie. Okay, so let's refer to her as Stephanie from here on out. Because I right. think we're going to be seeing her a lot, a lot more of her. <laughs> All right, and the next one is Penis Paint. And we asked for it. I'm surprised we didn't get a lot of these, but this one made me laugh. It's just a whole bunch of penises painted on Stephanie and I's face. With uh... I like it. <laughs> you know, the, and the, te- the attention to detail here is, is, is fantastic. There's even a little bit on your teeth if you look at it. <laughs> and, and there's even one on your forehead where it's the, the unmentionables coming out of the balls. How does that work? <laughs> well, I think William specifically said, you know, we can even Photoshop penises on our forehead. And I'm like, somewhat, like, this is clearly a dedicated listener. Like, I am going to do exactly what he told me to do. <laughs> So, very good. Another one is a friendly neighbor from Azalito again, and he actually photoshopped a rebel sitting on my couch in our or in our couch in our room. This is very good. I especially like how the legs even go through the glass table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one this one's kind of scary how good of a job he did. Yeah. If the if the graphics weren't limited in Half-Life 2, if this was like a real picture of a real person, this probably would look real. It's mm-hmm. kind of scary. It almost looks real right now. If you look really far away and it's really quickly, you're like, oh my God, that's a real person. So, um, Next one, and my personal favorite, actually, um, is So Much for Vegas, once again from Azalito. He took the picture that I took from my balcony and added the Citadel again and Combine Helicopters, but it's just so subtle and it's just so perfect. I don't know. Something about that picture that I like. It's really nice. Um, now for the ones that are not on the site right now, but we can, I can go through them. Uh, this one's called fail edit actually. And, uh, let me just get who it's by. I can't recall. Uh, fail edit from cheesy dude. Um, he actually photoshopped. It's really hard to tell, but he made Madonna fatter and he added a spy in the background and he made me have really big teeth. So, um, that's an interesting one. That spy is a nice touch, though. Like, this uh, half-cloaked effect, looking like he's getting ready to stab you. Yeah, for sure. It's pretty good. For sure. Um, we actually lost Emmanuel. I just noticed that. Let's add him back to the call. Sorry, listeners. 
All right, so we're ringing again. The next one is uh, from Radu. Um, he photoshopped the Wax Museum photos again, once again. Um, and he took the Siegfried and Roy stuff. and Or Roy, Siegfried and Roy. Made my made Stephanie's head all bleeding from the tiger biting into it, which was actually really good because that's what we were kind of going with. We we're going to add that photo to our album, essentially. Then he also added a speech bubble. To, is it just me or is it getting really hot in here? And the next one is coming from Bono Santo. He sent us a whole bunch of pictures. Um, the very first one in the list is the motivation photo. And it says, uh, tourists make you wish the combine actually existed. And it's uh, me and Stephanie taking a picture of ourselves in front of uh, the Bellagio. Um, the next couple from him are me walking on the moon with Neil Armstrong and the like. And he added a pair of um companion cubes on my penis which was kind of weird i'm not really sure what that's about the next one is um i'm not really sure what he did to this one. Oh, he added he added a combine in the background in the venetian another picture of stephanie he's, and I taking he's waving at you yes he's waving that's cute um the next one is actually we took a picture in the detroit airport because we were excited to leave and it's uh the combine train coming through with the monorail and everything i thought that was kind of a cool idea and then lastly, the last picture of the contest is a combine on the uh, pedestrian mover in Detroit Airport. So that is the end of the uh, contest submissions. And first I want to ask Emmanuel, what is your favorite one? Uh, anything Azalito did. Yeah, but you have to pick one. You can't just say Azalito wins. Because yes, okay, Azalito, you have won the contest. But we have to decide which one has won the contest. Could you relink me to the uh, pictures because I just closed it up? Yeah, no problem. Because your computer got off. Well, I got it. I got it. Uh, all right. I would say my favorite yeah. is Ocean's Eleven. I mean, Williams Eleven, just because I love the movie and this is really well done. But the best one has to be Friendly Neighbor. Okay. And Thomas? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, again, real fan of Ocean Eleven movies, so to see you standing next to Matt Damon and Brad Pitt is uh, pretty cool. Like, just how well it's done. Like, it actually looks like your head belongs on that body, and you look like such a nerd looking at your watch. That's going to be my favorite. Yeah? Okay. Yep. And, uh, you know, Nick, you're in this podcast too, so what do you pick? <laughs> yeah, I think the, the Williams Eleven is the most pro one, and that's that's the one that I find uh, would be the best, but... I still laugh at charging my laser. That, <laughs> yeah, that me gets too. Me. That gets me. I've been trying not to crack up this whole time. <laughs> yep. And uh, for me, I'm going to have to pick Williams 11 or So Much for Vegas. I do like Friendly Neighbor. I just like So Much for Vegas so much more for some reason. But uh, I think William Le- Williams 11 is going to be the winner. It was the very first entry. So. It was. <laughs> we should make that into a promotional wallpaper for the fans to download. <laughs> Maybe, maybe we can get Nick to do that. Ask him, ask him for the high res version of it. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, as Alito, if you want to send us the high res version, that'd be awesome, and we can add like some sort of really cool stuff. Actually, can... just just out of interest, could you send us the PSD too? I want to see how you did it. Okay. Sure. Send Emmanuel the PSD, or else you don't win the prize. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Well, he might have thrown it out or something. So. But uh, congratulations, Azalito, and thank you everybody for applying. It was a, it was a very interesting contest. And uh, we, we especially liked all the pictures. Every single one. You're all winners in my book. Congratulations. <laughs> and thanks, Azalito, once again. 
Uh, next on Podcast 17 News. Sorry that took so long. Uh, the fake Planet Philip argument. Oh my god, I got... I got so many emails from this this week, and I just want to get it over with. So all I want to say is, for those who didn't catch it, the argument was fake. Thomas didn't mean anything he said. Wait, what? It was fake? <laughs> so everything I said was just, no, I look like an idiot? Well, thanks. <laughs> no, no, no. Everything was fake. Um, Thomas didn't mean what he said, right, Thomas? Uh, the part about the blue screen I did mean, but everything else was just... <laughs> top <laughs> <laughs> and well, uh everything that philip said he didn't mean with the exception of a few things but, uh, <laughs> but no, we were no, just having we, some fun yeah we, we smoothed everything out i sent philip a pair of velcro gloves for his sheep and we're good to go <laughs> we're just <laughs> making it worse <laughs> oh no, he's fine he actually really appreciated it we had a whole discussion on gtalk about it okay awesome so no we don't hate each other we still love planet philip we're not going to separate. Although Emmanuel might hate me today, but that's a whole different topic. I hate you because of what you do. I don't hate you for who you are. I hate you for the things you do. <laughs> okay. All right. That, I think that's a song or something. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, probably. I think so, yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, all right. So let's move on to follow up in Arata. Uh, and first up on the list is Heart of Evil Napalm Edition. I know you mentioned this very briefly, Thomas. Um, but unfortunately I didn't watch it, but now I did. And I, I just wanted to say you guys did a really good job and I enjoyed watching it immensely. Oh, Emmanuel, did you get to watch it? Watch what? The Heart of Evil Napalm edition video <laughs> cast. Sure. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, how about you? Yes, I did. I did. I really did. Uh, I was actually quite impressed by it. Wait, I, um, if you wait I'd, three minutes, I'll watch I'd, it. <laughs> okay. You watch it now. I watch it now. You talk about it for three minutes. I'd, so, from what I heard about it before I watched it, I uh, didn't think it was going to be that good. Actually, like I, I don't know. I just got got it told to me in a way that uh, wasn't quite what I thought it was going to be be like. Mm-hmm. And uh, I enjoyed it. I really did. I I wish I had done it. <laughs> yeah, I think it was better than the uh, Cry Fear one. By the way, Thomas. Oh yeah. really? Yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Started something now. We, we bury we bury the planet Philip thing, and now you're gonna have all the well, cryo after you. It's just my personal opinion. I'm not I'm not saying specifically why. I just kind of enjoyed it more. Can may I may I? Is that Thomas in the beginning of this video? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Okay, I'm gonna go back to this. You guys keep talking. <laughs> Anyway, next up and follow up in Arata is the GoldenEye 3.1 patch, but we can talk about that a little bit later when we interview GoldenEye Source. Um, and then lastly is Neo Tokyo. Emmanuel, you might want to pause right now so you can talk about the Neo Tokyo awesomeness. What do you want me to say? Huh? I don't know. What, why would you do this? What do you want me to say about Neo Tokyo? Hmm? What well, do you think I, just... I can? What do you think I can contribute that'll be that'll be valuable? Don't you have good news? Didn't somebody from Neo Tokyo email you? No, that's not. No, I'm talking about. <clears throat> would you ask? I can't come up with a comparison because I'm still hungover, but the point is, I'm going to say that the, this is the best thing ever. Why would you ask me that? You know that I love Neo Tokyo, and then I'm just going to say nothing but good things about it, even if it was terrible. They could show an 18-minute video of a dog taking a shit, and I would still say best thing ever. <laughs> yeah, but did you download the Neo Tokyo OST and take and watch the video? Did they released the OST? Yeah, see, you don't pay attention. This is what I want what? you to talk about. You know, it's funny, too, because I was, I was actually sitting there thinking, man, I really want the OST, but 
I can't afford it. Maybe if I ask them really nicely, they'll give it to me for free. Oh, I don't know if I don't know if uh, yeah, you gotta buy it. It's like eleven bucks. Oh well, I thought you said for free. Well, oh, see, thank you, William. This is what you do. You just get my hopes up all the time. No, the OST is actually really yeah. professionally done. Listen, coming coming from someone who is quite the aficionado of aficionado of uh, decent electronic music, I listened to the sampler CD, and this is. Better than what you would hear in, in most movies. This is fan goddamn fantastic, and the man responsible for the music is. And I'm not just saying this because I'm a relentless fanboy. This is really, really, really fantastic. You you should you should do yourself a favor if you like electronic music and download or buy the uh, CD. It's it's just brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Um, props to that guy. But back to the video. I I, I hadn't, to be honest with you, William. I had been, uh, I'd been enjoying just screenshots, really. So I, I had really had no idea of how the game was going to play out in terms of gameplay and everything. So actually getting to watch, especially one of the probably going to be one of the most played classes, the scout played out. It was, it was pretty interesting. I, it just shows, well, it shows me how much I want to play it. it. It looks really good, and this is one of those, this is one of those mods that it, it follows the recipe of success. It follows the, you know. Counter Strike ish kind of guns and you know shoot people in the face etc. But I think they're putting a pretty decent twist here in, in terms of gameplay. I'm really looking forward to it. It looks really good. Mm-hmm. I agree 100. Um, percent It does look really fun. Um, I mean I've played it. I made some comments before uh, about how it is Counter Strike E. But... Yeah, I was gonna say that. Are, are, don't you have something to say about that? But this is uh, what I'm seeing here is a little bit different. Um, I, I talked to Deej over the week and. Uh, to be honest, I don't think I quite got the Neo Tokyo experience because nobody explained to me um, what was going on when I played. Um, every, I don't want to say they ignored me. I just didn't make my presence known. So they didn't like make an effort to uh, say, oh, so this guy needs to know all the special things. So I would like to play the build again. And uh, we have been invited, uh, Emmanuel and I, and uh, maybe we can have them on on a future show, which would be well, nice because just... clear up a lot. They, it, it, it sounded like the end of the world when you said the counter-strike thing, but, I mean, it's not really that bad, is it? It's, I mean, it's like me saying you look like Brad Pitt. Is that bad? Well, it depends whether or not you like Brad Pitt, right? Well, everyone likes Brad Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I mean, just because you look like him doesn't mean you are. It's, it's a good thing. It's not. I mean, saying Neo Tokyo plays like counter-strike isn't, doesn't mean it is counter-strike. It just means that it follows that, it follows that regimen, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. It has a good formula. Mm-hmm. But keep in mind, you these people spend a large part of their lives doing something selfless, making a mod, and to have someone just come up and say, "Oh, it's Counter-Strike," I'm sure it probably hit them a little. Yeah, up. haven't these guys been going for like seven years? Oh, yeah, they've been heard. at it. I'm, I, yeah. and I'm no exaggeration. I remember four or five years ago looking at looking at the the website for this and going, "All right, when that comes out in, in three months, I'm going to play that." It's it's. <laughs> I've been looking forward to it for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was quite impressed when I when I uh, read up on that. Yeah, and I did watch the, the um, I did watch the trailer, and I I watched it three times just for the music actually, because I exa- can't isn't afford it to get fantastic. I can't afford to get the thing yet and get it sent out. <laughs> Neither can I. I really want to get that CD, but maybe they'll maybe they'll give us a uh, a, a complimentary digital CD just for talking about it. But this <laughs> discount. Is- <laughs> It is really, really good, and, and honestly, it's just – and you know, it's something else. I think it's so important – what is so important is the way you present yourself. And I keep on harking back to Natural Selection because they did everything textbook perfectly. But if you, the website, the website for, for, for Natural Selection was perfect, and the PR was there too. But most importantly, when you look at 
when you look at natural selection, you think, all right, this is a this is a triple A title. This is a this is an actual game. This isn't a mod. And the same thing with Neo Tokyo. They haven't half-assed it here. You actually you actually get the feeling that they've spent just as much time presenting themselves as they have actually making the mod, and that's really important. Just the website itself just looks fantastic. It looks so clean and nice. I love it. Mm-hmm. And I'll still stick by what I said before in that uh, the Neo Tokyo trailer, the trailer, not this week's video, um, but their previous, you know, real trailer was the has been and still is the best trailer for any Half Life and Half Life Two mod I've ever seen. Better than the Black Mesa Source one, in my opinion. It just was so Absolutely. polished, very well done in post production. If if the point of a trailer is to get you to want to play the game, then they did that hundredfold yeah. with that trailer. It's just the music, everything. It's just. Ugh. And I don't know about you, but I happen to be a uh, a bit of a neo punk neo uh, fan. I, I loved Gold, uh, not Gold Knight, but uh, uh, Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, Ghost so. in the Shell is a very good game. Or, and thank you, Thomas. We're going to talk. You know what? This is this is not Podcast Seventeen. This is now Neo Tokyo Seventeen. We're going to. So, what's your favorite thing about Neo Tokyo? We've got an hour and a half. No, no we got to we got to keep moving. He's right. He's <laughs> no. right. He's right. We have to move. Um, next up on the list is straight from the mouth of Valve. Actually, the Emmanuel apology section. Do you have anything to apologize for from last week, Emmanuel? Uh, I'm gonna. Um, I, I wanted to apologize, but I forgot. So, what I'm gonna do instead is I'm going to apologize for this week's podcast in advance. So, <laughs> all of our listeners in advance, I, I apologize for anything I'm about to say. More importantly, if this is boring, because this is gonna be the longest podcast we've ever done. So. <laughs> All right, next up is straight from the mouth of Valve. Um, two TF2 updates and one SDK beta release. Um, the two TF2 updates, the one describes the uh, the new TF2 server ranking system. And I don't think I'm a fan of this. I don't think Valve should be ranking servers because what they're basically saying is uh, new servers will be able to be listed on the Steam server list. However, if you don't keep up with uh, a player base and uh and if you don't keep up in the ratings you will be removed from the server list and the server list will only show the ranked servers i don't know if i agree with this too much because uh, that, that smells pretty fishy because i wasn't it to uh sorry what wasn't it to wasn't it to stop um people from exploiting uh server rankings and stuff like that like yeah i think i think what they want to do is they want to make a better sort of a better experience for the new the new player but uh yeah yeah but by doing it this way i don't think this is really the right way i don't think you should be removing servers from the list i've hosted servers before and it would just be like four of us playing constantly and it would be just us four and if if that was the you'd case you'd have to really struggle yeah i i need to i need to interject here and say that uh that I understand their theory and I appreciate it and I think they're actually going about it the kind of the right way but what they need to do is they need they need to understand that when we play we don't care about the experience of the server and I know that they're thinking well you know if they go to the servers that people play the most on then the means are going to have most fun but it's not about that it's it's about finding a server that's populated the biggest product trouble and you probably you guys probably know this probably had your own so servers the biggest trouble you can run into is populating your server once you get a server populated, then you can start worrying about if it's fun or not. So, and that once you get the community built around it, that's when you can start doing all the cool stuff. But with this, it's just gonna it's just gonna entice people to go to servers that they've played that people have stayed on the longest. So it's not gonna entice people to go to empty servers. So, I mean, I understand the theory, and I'm glad they're doing it. They need to do something. They need to throw another system in so that it it, it populates 
empty servers, then I'd be happy with it. Yeah, and then sometimes, to be honest, I like playing in small servers, like with like two, three, four people, and just kind of hone my skills like that. And this will kind of weed those out as well. I don't, I don't know how much I like this. It'll force you to play into servers that have tons of people. Well, also, they're not. It's not permanently banning you. They said that they were just putting you. It, it was taking the servers off the list for one month, so it's yeah. not going to be. It doesn't. It, so even then, it doesn't seem like it's going to do much if it's only temporary. So who knows? Um, also with TF2, a new, another TF2 update, they added multi-core rendering, which is good for people who have, uh, who can take advantage of that thing, who have multi-core video cards. Um, you are able to enable multi-core rendering by going to options video and then advanced and, uh, checking the multi-core rendering option. So if anybody has this, uh, take advantage of it. Pretty cool. I don't think it's a hundred percent working yet, but they're kind of rolling it out. Not a lot of games do multi-core rendering. This is one of really the first instances where I've seen something like this. So Valve is definitely experimenting with the new stuff. That's cool. Yeah, Far Cry 2 and Crisis don't. Yeah, exactly. are... Is this just for video cards? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. It's no, for... no, it's for CPUs. Is it for CPUs? Oh, oh I thought it was for... Oh, well, yeah. Crisis does that. Yeah. Yeah, but they don't utilize it. I mean, I've got into huge arguments with friends of mine about why they, they're idiots for buying quad cores. But really, even if they do utilize it, all it does is speed it up a few frames a second, I think, in the most shittiest of like the the, the lowest frame rate times when you, there's a lot of shit going on. So it's not that big of a deal, but it's nice that you know that, that, that they're keeping the engine updated. Mm -hmm, for sure. I have, I have a quad core. <laughs> yeah. well, there you go. I, I like this. Yeah, I might do the same thing. I might uh, go ahead and enable that for, for my TF2 experience. Anyway, Valve also released a new SDK beta, and I actually found this on somebody's Twitter account. So if there's any developers out there, um, there has been some updates to the Source SDK um, March 17th, and they actually released the source code um, for the shader. And a lot of people were asking for this, which is why it's big news. Um, shader source code. For, and I'm going to get into technical talk, but for uh, fxc.exe, psa.exe, vsa.exe, uh, um, and those are for DX9 SDK utilities. So check out the, uh, the shader um, source for anybody who wants to fool around with that. And it's still in beta, so just be aware, but it's available, and uh, the link will be in our show notes for any developers. Could you, could you go into detail about, I know that the shaders, but what does it mean for them to open it up? What is it? Does that mean we can edit the shader I technology believe, now? Yeah, I believe that's kind of what they're getting at. Mm -hmm. Golden Eye Source is happy. Yeah, are they happy about that? Yeah, yeah, I think they're happy about that. Cool. I saw some talk about that on the internal forums. Yep. Good. Um, all right. So next on our list is portal releases, and we're gonna blitz through these a little bit quickly. Um, NTN Portal, or sorry, MTN Portal. I played this, and I have to say, this is one of my favorite portal map packs now. Um, it's really quick. Um, I got it off of, uh, I actually got it off city17.ru, but I'm sure you can get it somewhere else so you don't have to go through all the links. I'll look for a better link. But uh, I had such a good time with this. Like, it's called MTN Portal Story, I believe. Yeah, I got my notes here. Hold on a sec. What I really liked about Portal, uh, the, the system is that uh, even though it used a lot of, like, the Portal stuff, and I'm getting kind of sick of, you know, the Portal stock sounds, the Portal stock you know textures and everything but the, the idea is 
that there was some very good long levels with some good challenges. Small areas with lots of thinking is really what I enjoy in a portal map. And this is exactly what this this map pack, it's almost like a mod develop, or delivers. And it's challenging but fun. It's, I think it's way better than pre Prelude in the sense that it's not impossible. You know, it's not about uh, timing jumps perfectly. It's more about, you know, solving puzzles and solving rather difficult puzzles that have some really cool creative aspects. Um, but unfortunately, the end of the mod, which I won't ruin, but it was kind of corny. Uh, I didn't. I thought it kind of ruined it, but oh well. Did anybody else play uh, Portal Story? No. That's okay. Nope. I'm that's sorry, okay. I don't have Portal, Portal actually. Oh, that's okay. Um, and then next on our list is Infestation. I'm just urging you guys to avoid this. Do not play it. Um, more problems than it's worth. And then next on our list is Maze, Escape from Aperture Science. Uh, I haven't played this yet, but it's not getting a lot of good reviews because I believe it's just a sort of maze map with portals, um, which could be... I've, I haven't seen anything like that before, but it could be an interesting kind of change to the whole portal aspect of things. Um, so check it out if you're a Portal Maps fan. And that pretty much fizz, finishes the portal releases. Now, the release list. And this is a long list of things to talk about. And uh, first up on the list is coming from Planet Philip, and it's Factory Defense. Um, Factory Defense is a horde-based map. Uh, it actually has some really, really, really good map design. You play as a combine, and you have to fight with other combine uh, against some zombies. And uh, it's I had a really good time playing this, and my first impressions were this would be a great start for anybody who's looking to get into mapping. If, you're, if you want to get into mapping, make a horde map like this. Download this map, see what they did, and try to, like, recreate it because it gives you a good idea on how to play with, like, scripts, um, you know, how the enemies work, how to do some basic level design. I think it's a really good starting point for anybody who wants to start mapping. Um, and for all those who want to know the question, yes, this horde map does end, so you can beat it, just an FYI. No, that's a lie. You're lying. Stop lying. No, I... No, I tried playing it, and uh, it did not ever end. You're lying. You just sucked at it. You can actually, there's actually a trick in this one. You can pick up the turret, and you just aim it at things, and you can just walk around with the turret in your hand. Or the Wait, combine. so it does end? Yeah. How do you do that? You just beat everything. Uh, once you kill like a whole bunch of stuff, it ends. Oh. Well, I was actually going to say that I, I played that, and I actually, I hate to say it, but I had a good time with it. I yeah. think it was really pretty, too. It was... Uh, I just I just genuinely enjoyed it. I wish it was uh, whoever did that should venture into possibly doing an actual mod with a story because it was really well done. I liked it. Exactly. So I think I think maps like these are good stepping stones for new mappers. I don't know if anybody wants to agree with me, but that's my opinion. Uh, yeah, it was. It looked good. It was just good. <laughs> Nick, did you play this? I didn't. No, I actually didn't oh, okay. play this one. Sorry. No. Okay, that's okay. Um, next on the list is Moose Mod, and this is kind of a technical demo to uh, some guys. Uh, shaders or something. I don't suggest playing this. Basically, it's a whole bunch of rooms. It's almost like a training map in uh, Half-Life 1. Um, you basically have to jump over a couple of pipes, duck over, duck under other pipes. I mean, the textures were really nice, granted, yes. Um, I look forward to the actual mod when it's done, but it's not worth a download. It's not worth the size, um, and it's definitely not worth your time. So next on the list is uh, Zombie Mod Source. And this was something that... I was originally on the fence with, and then kind of came around to like it. First off, did anybody else play Zombie Mod Source? I did. You did? Okay. Good. Yep, I did. 
what I was expecting when coming into Zombie Mod Source and pretty much it came true is that Zombie Mod Source was the epitome of all Counter-Strike zombie add-ons where you have basically I know I know they're not Counter-Strike weapons, but they're essentially Counter-Strike weapons. You have a buy system, um you kill people, they become a zombie and then rinse and repeat round end goes then you can go further. And there's also a survival mode, but most people play what's called the infestation mode, where you just go around a map, you kill people, um, and then they become zombies, blah, 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 blah. Almost like, um, almost like Zombie Panic and Zombie Panic Source and Zombie Master and all those other zombie mods. But uh, if you're a real zombie fan, check it out. Nick, what'd you think? I, uh, yeah, I thought it, um, yeah, sorry, I had notes here. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, I thought that one the one map uh, Main Street sort of uh, felt like a little bit uh, weird the way it was uh, laid out. Um, the roadblock, like the roadblock aspect, was really good. I like really liked the way it looked and everything, mm-hmm. and the way it felt as a gameplay. But uh, I felt it a bit close in, like from the skybox and stuff like that. And so maybe if it's uh, you know worked on a bit like that, it could bring more atmosphere. Yeah, that's, sure. a, that's one thing I thought. And uh, maybe more music as well. Yeah, I mean, it does lack a lot of uh, audio. and I mean, it, the visuals are, are lacking a little bit as well. Uh, the, the mappers uh, don't quite yet understand the concepts of a good multiplayer map because there are a lot of dead ends, and I don't think multiplayer maps should have dead ends, really. They should all kind of loop back in some form or another so that there's always two exits. But uh, it makes for some interesting combat environments, like you're all stuck in a room with nowhere else to go. Um, so, I mean, it, it works in a sense. But uh, if, you, if you have, like, a free afternoon and you can deal with the, with the community, because the community is kind of childish, um, they like screaming and they like making stupid jokes. And I don't know. I just didn't really like the community that much. But you can't harp on the mod because of that. Um, either way. Check it out if you're a zombie fan. Um, if you're happy with Zombie Panic Source or Zombie Master, I don't suggest getting this yet. Maybe wait until they add something. You know, what what is the reason for having another zombie mod? They don't they don't have that reason yet. They don't have that. I'm so done with thing. zombie mods. What's that? Done with them all. I'm so done with zombie mods. I'm done with them all. Did you get to play Zombie Mod Source? No. No. Because I wouldn't play with you last night. Yep. <laughs> Next on the list is Haunted House Beta One. And to be honest, I loved this. It reminded me like a yeah. first-person Resident Evil. What? Can, can I say? Yeah, go for it. So just say something? Uh, I loved it too, and I hate being scared to death, but it scared the shit out of me. Oh, man. Terrified. Yeah. Were there, I wasn't expecting there to be some scary parts, but in this, there really was some scary parts, like psychologically scary, messed up yep. things. Um, the only real complaint I have with this, uh, maybe two, one, the indoor mapping is a little novice, or sorry, a little, I don't know, a little wonky. Um, I think it needs more variety. The corridors are a little bit small. Um, and then secondly, it definitely needs a storyline because you, you enter this house for no apparent reason and then you exit this house through almost the same way you came in. Then you just go back to your car. I don't know why I entered the house. If it just had some form of story, maybe like my car broke down and I need to get some gas or um, my wife is in there and I need to go see what's up. Like, that would be fine. I just wish there was some form of a story. But, man, there was some really scary parts in Haunted House Beta. Wake, Absolutely. Wake, did you play? 
Yeah, I did. I, I did play it. Um, I th- I thought uh, I had a really weird idea, I guess, because uh, yeah, sort of touching on what you said about there being a story, a more of a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they had the voiceovers and stuff where you have the health. You know, when you're low on health and it, and it tells you you need, you know, get attention or whatever. I thought if it would be better if like the voiceover, if they had a voiceover at all, it should be like a ghost or something like that. Mm-hmm. Something that ties it in with the haunted house theme a bit more. And sort of like it, it would like give you hints to where you got to go and if there's enemies coming or something like that. So you survive these like uh, visible creatures and have like the ghost element a little bit more than just uh, atmosphere. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, that's, okay, I'm going to say one thing I was thinking. I'm going to say right now, spoiler alert, because I want to talk about the ending. And uh, Emmanuel, at the end, when you're rushing from the house to your car, did you not just like shit your pants and be like, "Oh my god, I just want to make it to the end"? He's totally not here. He dropped. Oh, Emmanuel dropped again. All right, Nick, how'd you feel about the end? I actually didn't get to the end. I didn't have that much time to to uh, go on it, sort of thing. I. That was one of the ones I didn't play all through. So yeah, mm-hmm. I uh, I got like you know halfway, I guess. Hmm. Emmanuel, are you back? I am back, and I'm recording one, two, three, ABC. Okay. What does it mean to me, etc.? Okay, we're good. I was just gonna. I was just asking you before you dropped. Um, what did you think about the end of Haunted House Beta? Did you just not like shit your pants when you had to run from the house to the car? No, I I halfway through it, I pooped myself and I had to go clean up, so I didn't get to finish it. But it oh. was terrifyingly good, and it all pisses right. me off because we 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 play all these shit mods, and then these people who do single maps just come along and just do one map instead of making a mod, and it just pisses me off. That they're so good, and that they're not. Yeah, they're so good. Why don't they just do a mod? It just yeah. blows me away. Yeah, I know how you feel. I know how you feel. Anyway, next on the list, and maybe our headliner for the release list this week, is a Combine Combat Demo. Now, I know everybody played this. I know everybody played this. So, we're going to start at the top, and uh, Emmanuel, what were your impressions? Why and why didn't, or why didn't you like Combine Combat Demo? It was shit. End of discussion. You gotta give us And you know what? In all honesty... When we play a mod and it's shit, we go, haha, that's a shit mod, and then we, you know, we just go jerk off or, you know, go play something else. But when when it came to this, it was a shit mod, but it, you but you feel bad because they spent a lot of time on it. You can tell that they spent a lot of time on it and they had a good time making it. They even had voiceovers and everything. But it was just they didn't plan it out. It's I mean, I, I remember specifically for thinking when I was playing, there's 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 a few areas where you just you have to kill the rebels or whatever, but the gameplay is you stand still and you shoot at their chest because it takes so long to kill dudes and their damage does so little to you that you just stand there. So it was, if anything, it was like MS paint simulated. You just point and click and it was not fun at all. And honestly, who plays half-life two and goes, all right, I'm going to make a mod about this game. And then they pick the worst setting in the game. The, the Citadel thing that is the worst place you can have a game. It's boring. It's black. It's darkly lit. The maps suck. It's just... Who thought that was a good idea? Yeah, but yeah. I think they executed it quite well. They made the Citadel look quite interesting. Right, but if you're going to kill Gordon Freeman, or if you're going to play a Combine, wouldn't you want to do it on the coast of of you know Europe, where you're driving in the little buggies, and you have to go chase Gordon Freeman, and you're killing the rebels, and you're going through their encampments, and that would have been cool, but no, we're, you're stuck in the Citadel. 
keep and... in mind, keep in mind that this is just a demo, though. They'll probably extend it into further, you know, areas. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I, I need to clarify something. Mm-hmm. Is all you guys saw was the Citadel? No. Yep. That's all I saw, because I got sick of it. No. Okay, so right now, <laughs> Emmanuel's point has contradicted what actually happens, because you see everything that Emmanuel wants to see already. <laughs> but I'll wait for my turn. Really? Continue. You, yeah, you get wait, to actually go... Oh, hell you yeah. Well, then shit. Well, you got jet, no. pal. <laughs> I, I'm not... No, I, I spent the absolute maximum of what I could spend in a game I'm not having fun with, so unless... Unless they completely change the gameplay. Once, once you're done crying in, in your mother's lap, I'll, I'll talk about the mod. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, go for it, Thomas. Go for it. Okay. Enlighten me. I will enlighten you. But I have, I have a question, because when, you know, when I was playing the introduction, I, I was thinking of you, Emmanuel, in that discussion <laughs> we had about uh, tram yep. rides. Remember the tram ten, ride discussion we had? Ten minutes. Ten minutes, no exaggerating. Okay. <laughs> now, I'll have to admit, the tram ride was a little long, but they made it interesting. They I'm going to use this. They, so I'm going to make this as an example of how to do it right. You're being, this isn't really a spoiler, but you're being carried by one of those robots that take photographs of you when you're and you're you're in one of those combine scanner. pods and this this scanner it's acting like it's drunk it's like <laughs> it's it's like the worst driver ever and you're sitting in this thing and you're like um am i gonna crash into a wall and you're like bumping into these things and you're like uh you know it actually adds a dimension of interest to an incredibly boring concept like imagine if in a half-life one mod you see, like, a break in the tracks, so or the tram starts rocking because it takes a corner too fast, you know? Things like that make it a little interesting. So, kudos to you for doing a essentially a tram ride sequence with a little bit of spin mm-hmm. with an incompetent scanner drone. <laughs> now, as the mod progresses, and it does progress, like, you're, only, you're not in the Citadel for very long at all, and once you're out of the Citadel, the mapping architecture gets a heck of a lot better. Um, but the, there's some key points to make, is that the mod adds new weapons, but it doesn't rely on them, which was a huge relief. Um, spoiler alert, sniper rifle, man hacks, you can use them, um, but the mod does not rely on them. It, they're just like, you know, here's some weapons, but it's not, the, it's not an integral part of the game, they're there. You get new vehicles, again, not an integral part of the game, but they're there, and that's, it's good, because it doesn't detract from the Half-Life 2 universe so much that I don't recognize it anymore, but it gives me a new perspective. It's kind of like, it's the closest thing to me that like, in the only thing that I could compare it to would be like opposing force. Things are different, but they're very much the same, and it plays good. Um, so, yeah, this is like, if you have to play anything on the release list this week, it is this one. I would agree. 100%. And there's a lot of good Combine mods, like Combine Destiny 2. I really enjoyed that one, and how its squad-based mechanics worked and the night vision and everything. Like, they've got the good mechanics, but this one has the maps and the gameplay that the other one doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, there are a couple things that I addressed with Combine Destiny 2 that Combine Combat did correctly. Combine Destiny 2 was a foreign development team. And that I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but the thing was, they translated, or they 
their voiceovers were all in English. I thought they could have kept it in their own native tongue and just done subtitles. It would have sounded a lot better. And that's exactly what Combine Combat did. And I enjoyed it a lot better. It's a German development team. And they did uh, subtitles instead of, you know, trying to hack together the English language. I mean, obviously they're not, English isn't their native language. So they did speak in their native tongue and it made it seem so much better. And they also did the, uh, in my opinion, the task list in the HUD system a lot better than Combine Destiny as well. They did it right, where you just have to hit a button, you see your task list. You can hit the button again, it closes. Um, the other thing was the targeting system. You can mouse over something and it brings up the little targeting reticule. Those little details to the uh, to the overall effect of the mod made it so much better, in my opinion. And uh, Thomas is entirely right. Once you get out of the Citadel, the mapping and the interest of the whole mod just exponentially increases, in my opinion. So, you know what? They definitely did an excellent job with this. And, the, and you know, it's just a demo. So wait until the game actually comes out. And I think we're just going to be blown away by this whole thing. Yeah, and it's long for a demo. Yeah. It is long. Like you could call this like episode one. It's got that much content. Like I'm pretty sure I didn't finish it. Like right. I got up to the point where you get the sniper rifle, and then I got too tired and passed out. But <laughs> it was really enjoyable. Now, Nick, did you play this one? I did, but I didn't play it through to the end. But okay, I, thought I, don't think awesome, I thought it was an awesome intro as far as like yeah, putting a different spin on those on those type of situations where you can't do anything and you're just watching. And I thought that the HUD was really awesome as well. Like I'll back that up. Yeah, that was like really easy to to get used to everything about it. Yeah, it just flowed. And that's really flowed nicely. That's really all. I don't have anything. I'm so more to say to I'm guys. so glad we have a form and and a. And in, a bit, in a way for people to comment because they're all going to play this mod and they're all going to come and they're go all going to comment. You know what? No PK was right. This was shit. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think this mod is as bad as you sound. And I want to caution is, all the listeners it, to take your comments with a grain of salt. Yes. No, no. I implore you all, please go play the point and click mod. Go and stand still and shoot it. Rebels in the face for 10 minutes. Just I think to they, kill them they've done a lot of work. And uh, yeah, I think it just if you just give it a try, that would be you know, the best you can do. Right, yeah. Everybody give it a try. And then, I mean, what our, what, what we say is nothing, but uh, <laughs> it's all up to them, right? It's all up to them. Um, next, there's a whole bunch on the release list still, and I'm just going to shoot through these because I added them this morning, so I don't think anybody got a chance to play them. Um, and some of these might carry over into next week's episode in the uh, follow-up and errata. So I'm just letting you guys know that they're out there because I don't like our listeners being out of the loop in terms of the community. So... Starting off the list is uh, Face Off for Half-Life 2. Um, Philip gave it a 2 out of 5 on Planet Philip. It looks like just a box map, and you shoot a whole bunch of Combine and play around with some weapons. So, I don't know. I'm kind of skeptical so far. Next on the list is Headcrab Panic for Half-Life 2. Um, Philip gave it a 3 out of 5. And this also kind of looks like a box map. Somebody's first map, Some you're in an open area this time. Um, some pods drop down, headcrabs come up. And you have to pretty much fight your way through it. Uh, Father Gregoria is there. It's always fun to kind of see Father Gregoria. I think you fight with him, but don't quote me on that. Next up is the uh, the effect map for Half-Life 2. Um, the, the comment says, A simple set of rooms with various effects. There is no combat. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, Philip gave it a 1 out of 5. I think the, the mapper was just playing around with some effects you can do in Half-Life 2 such as laser trip mining, driving, smoke effects, 
Um, almost like a tech demo. Uh, if, unless you're a developer, I don't think you'll find this too interesting. So I would avoid it, but don't quote me on that again. We haven't played it. Stormfront for Half-Life 2 Episode 2. And uh, Philip gave it a 4 out of 5. And this one looks really nice, actually. It looks like it takes place in some sort of sewer oil rig facility. Um, you have plenty of... there's. It looks like there's plenty of storyline, plenty of things to kill. Uh, it looks really fun, really well done in terms of mapping. Looks interesting. So that finishes up the Planet Philip stuff. Now, Crates and Barrels first beta was released on March 21st, which was yesterday, Saturday. And uh, Crates and Barrels is definitely a mod that I'm looking forward to. I can guarantee this is going to be on next week's follow-up in Arata. What it basically is, is uh, it contains six mini-games um, that kind of hark back to the original arcade games, like uh, like Space Invaders, uh I I I can't say if they have Pong or not, but maybe Pong, things like that. Those original arcade games, and they recreated it in the Half Life Two engine, which is really cool. I think they have a Tetris. I don't know if they. I, I'm pretty sure they have a Tetris. I remember seeing that. So uh, download Crates and Barrels. We'll be talking about it next week. Um, has anybody been following this mod? I've been kind of seeing things. No, but... this is the first time I've heard of it actually. Yeah, I think there's a Whack a Mole clone. Yeah, I think there's a Whack a Mole clone. Space Invaders, like I said, for sure. Um, just going through the images here. Uh, there is a Tetris. I'm not sure if it's in the beta, though. There's kind of like a, a break break free where you have a little um, little paddle and you have to break the boxes above you. There's a snake, which is awesome. I love snake. Um, and then there's also sort of, um, you know, the, the helicopter game where you have to fly um, horizontally and uh, move yourself up and down without crashing into things. So it looks cool. It looks like a really cool concept for Half-Life 2. So check it out. But it'll be on next week's follow-up in Arata. So anyway. Porn at all. Porn at all. Yes. Porn at all. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm just I looking think, at that image. I think that's the whack-a-mole one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, next on the list is Reaction. And we talked about Reaction last week. Emmanuel had some things to say. He said their animations weren't too great. But uh, the visuals were really cool over the shoulder type look. Emmanuel, you remember? Yep. Um, they actually commented on our podcast and said, yes, uh, that you guys were spot on. The mod is not ready yet, and we haven't done the animations or anything. And thank you for our comments. So good. Thank, thanks, uh, thanks for your comments, reaction. However, they released um, uh, a third-person demo, uh, the initial release of the level. I think they mean mod. Um, but reaction version 1 is released. So I really want to check this out. It clocks in at 250 mags. So it looks like it's pretty meaty, just from what I can tell. Um, but we'll definitely be talking about this next week. Once again, it's kind of a third-person um, art deco type mod. Kind of harps back to Bioshock, but action-paced. Or action. Um, next on the release list is Empires 2.23. And they have a whole bunch of changes, which will be included in the show notes. I haven't got a chance to look over these, but just so that you're aware... Update your empires to 2.23, and the sh um, the release notes will be in the show notes. So that finishes up the release list. Sorry for going through that real quick, but uh, like I said, we got a lot of things to go through. So next, next on the list is uh, Media Blitz. And uh, first thing on the Media Blitz is Crashdown, a new mod for Half-Life 2. Um, they have some interesting images. Uh, they're, they're mapping... Oh, sorry, their mapping skills 
look very up to par with most mods. I just wanted to mention this because they just kind of came out of nowhere, released a whole bunch of really cool screenshots, and it looks like they're well on their way to development. So uh, this mod, I think, should be on everybody's radar. Um, looks like a pretty cool immense, or immersive environment, in my opinion. So that's Crashdown. Anybody got anything to say? Feel free to interject. I know sometimes I take the stage. Seems like a very uh, new mod, but I hope it goes uh, somewhere because it does look really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, next on the list is Black Sector Media, and it's not more media than concept art. And Black Sector concept art gets me excited for this mod. And I usually don't talk about concept art, but this is awesome concept art. Um, it's just so professional. This stuff you'd, you'd expect to see in some sort of art gallery. Um, check it out. Black Sector is a mod that everybody is looking forward to. They have some details on there on uh, the different classes and what what weapons certain classes will get as well in uh, textual format. So if you're following Black Sector, make sure you check out this media release because it's well worth it. So. Next on the list is Decadence. Uh, Planet Philip, or the Planet Philip, Planet Half Life had a very good in depth. Uh, preview with uh, Decadence, and I, I know you don't work for them, uh, Emmanuel, but do you know anything about this? No, I do. This? I work for Planet Life. What are you talking about? Well, I mean, you, you haven't done much recently. Because I didn't have a computer, but I have a computer now. Oh, okay. So, I was actually, I actually helped them with that. Oh, okay, Reviewing, good. I mean, uh, uh, making sure it uh, didn't have any errors in it. Oh, good. So, can you give us the rundown of what John thought, then? Uh, he likes it. I actually spoke to him about it personally, and he said he likes it. I don't see what there is to like. I mean, I'm not trying to be a dick about it, but it just seems like every other mod that I've played. He, maybe he knows something I don't, so maybe it's actually very good, but it just seems kind of run in the middle. But he actually enjoyed it. He said it was good. He said it was interesting. Um, it looks good, which is important. It, it's actually a visually impressive mod. Um, and he said the, the key feature here is that it, it focuses on um, two versus two gameplay so that mm -hmm. if you're ever in a, in, a, in a server where it's not too populated, you'll still have a good time because the gameplay is focused around smaller smaller play. So we'll see. Mm -hmm. And just so our listeners are aware, um, the mod releases in six days, and that's March 28th for those who are keeping track. This is my mo one of my most anticipated mods of the year. I know you don't see anything interesting with it, Emmanuel, but I think if you're a co-op, if, if you love co-op gameplay, then this mod is for you because it's 2v2 combat. So essentially, almost like Left 4 Dead, you have to play it's only with a two, friend. But not yeah. shitty. Yeah, you have to play it with a friend. You can't just play it with a random. I don't think it'll work well that way. And uh, I, I haven't really read John's review to its fullest, so I'm not really sure who he played with, but I'm, pr I'm sure he just played with another Decadence dev. Is that true? Yeah, I think he was playing with the, with the, the deck team. Mm-hmm. And I think if he played with somebody that he knew a little bit better, then, I mean, he already gave it like a four to five, which is an awesome mark. But if he played it with somebody that he knew personally, maybe with yourself, Emmanuel, or some other staff member of PHL, then, you know, the mark would have just been through the roof because co-op is always better with a really good friend. So I, I can't wait for this mod. It's going to be friggin' awesome. Um, if anything, I'm I'm looking forward to it just because you don't get this level of polish very often. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that much. Mm -hmm. They definitely are concentrating on, on the detail. 
Lastly in the Media Blitz is uh, Half-Life Arrangement, and they put up a really, really, really nice um, Q&A for what Arrangement is and, uh, you know, how it started. And, I mean, we go through this a lot on the podcast because Thomas is kind of our resident Arrangement guy since they host them on Half-Life Creations. Um, but this kind of goes through the history and uh, what they want to do and what they're trying to do with Arrangement. They got some really nice screenshots of some of their features. Um, so if, if you're kind of confused on what arrangement is, check it out, read up on it, read about the, uh, the sort of arrangement engine, as they call it. I don't know, do they call it the arrangement engine, Thomas? No, they got, I've been corrected on that many times. They're not building it to be an engine. It's just a mod. Yeah, okay. All right, so, fair enough. Fair enough. Got to be careful what I say, too. The last time that I mentioned them on Podcast 17, I used the word sick to describe them, and they took it in a literal sense. Yeah. <laughs> Like the, they're not like English is not their native language, and there was a there was a big to do about me using that particular word. Even after it got cleared up, there's still one developer, you know who you are, that is incredibly <laughs> angry at me, and for no good reason. So I have to be very careful with using proper English and not to use synonyms uh, or any kind of other idioms. <laughs> All right, so if you're if you if anybody out there is a little bit confused on what arrangement is, because I know um, some people think it is an engine, which it's like me, <laughs> which it's not. Uh, you can read up on this FAQ and get educated, so to speak. Um, now on to topic of the week, and uh, headlining topic of the week are two things. One comes from Planet Philip. It's an awesome utility. I've been wanting something like this forever and i run it like every day now every time i install a mod i run this utility it's called source sauce and what it does is you point source sauce to your source mod directory or really any directory i mean it doesn't have to be your source mods directory and uh you can set global configuration so you can say i want to run at 1440 by 900 which is my resolution and at full screen and at these graphic settings with these controls um you know you can pretty much define anything from the quality of screenshots to your control scheme, to your video options, and everything. And then you hit apply, and it'll apply it to every single one of your source mods automatically in sort of batch format. It is an awesome utility because I hate it when I install a mod and it's at some stupid resolution that and some stupid controls that some stupid developer set up. It is my biggest pet peeve. So, anyway, download this if you have like a plethora of mods installed in your source mods. Even after installing a mod, now, I, I run this utility. And it's really simple. I just load it up, I click go, and it, and it does it. Better than restarting the mod and everything. It's it's awesome. So, I think this was very much needed for Half-Life fanatics, such as myself. Um, next, topic of the week. Um, we actually got a private build of uh, a mod called Vice Grip. And... Um, I hate to do this, but I'm going to kind of pick on them because they sent us a private build of their mod and I don't think it was ready to ship out as a private build. Thomas or Emmanuel, did you guys play this? No, there was something in the email that deterred me like, <laughs> don't play it. Yeah. Um, okay, so basically, <laughs> basically the mod is, is trying to reach its own kind of interesting storyline. If you read their mod DB profile... They're trying to create a mod where you play as a character and you have a headcrab companion. 
which is a really cool concept. And reading their storyline, I said, oh, this would be really, really, really sweet. Maybe I can switch between the head crab. Maybe the head crab would be able to like go under some grates and, you know, hit a switch for me while I'm on the other side of the wall or something kooky and crazy like that. But none of this was really prevalent in the, the private demo that we got. The private build that we got was really just two levels. One, I wasn't really sure why it was even in there. And the second one was, wasn't interesting at all. And there's nothing special about this that really made me say, ooh and ah. Now, granted, this was a private build and it's not publicly released. So uh, this in no way reflects the final version of the mod. But I just want to stress to mod developers out there, if you're sending a private build to be talked about on, say, a podcast like this or to be written about on a, a, a news outlet like Planet Half-Life or ModDB or something, make sure it's up to spec with what you're saying. Make sure it's interesting because, in my opinion, this wasn't really that interesting. Um, I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe maybe it's going to skyrocket in the future. But it's as it stands right now, and it's it's in no way to be shipped and no way ready to um, to be interesting. And so that's that's what I got to say about Vice Grip. And I have to apologize to the guys because they sent it to us. Um, we didn't really request it. They just kind of wanted us to talk about it. But they go out of their way to make this private build available to us, and uh, I'm just kind of picking on it. But um, I just really think people have to really question what they release before releasing it. And this is, this is a good example. So I apologize that I'm kind of, you know, um, picking on your mod, but, uh, next time I'll be willing to private. I'll be really willing to review it again, but make sure it's more ready. So I'm just letting them know. <laughs> um, next on topic of the week. And I want to know what you guys think about this. Um, the mall, which is kind of, uh, a third party game for steam the downloadable content is not free. What do you guys think about that? F that. On Steam. That in the butt. <laughs> Emmanuel? How, how, much, how much is it? It's like, I think it's like $1.99 for 10 levels, but the mod is like 9 bucks. So F that. Mm. I don't plan on playing it then. I, re I refuse to pay more than once for a game. That is my staple rule. That's why I don't play World of Warcraft or anything else like that, I would pay for a game once. Mm -hmm. and that's why I don't I don't own an Xbox. I don't own Xbox Live. I refuse to pay for the connection to play. Paying for games more than once will alienate your customer base so much, it's not even funny. Right. I 100% agree. And But this is the first paid DLC on Steam. Do you think Valve will take advantage or no. do this in the future? Absolutely no. not. Why would they do that? I'm just it, it's stupid. Yeah. They, they've built their player base on the fact that they treat the customers properly. Just because some idiot company comes and picks up the, the whole platform doesn't mean that they're going to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. I 100% I agree. But I was just surprised to see this on Steam. Because everybody was so excited that Left 4 Dead was, you know, you don't have to pay for the DLC. And then Valve approved something like this. Um, I... I I kind of always trusted Steam as as a and and their third party releases. I mean, I know Steam isn't just about Valve, and Valve doesn't really have control over those types of things. But uh, I mean, it's still up to them in the long run, right? And I thought, you know, the platform was a little bit better than that. I really feel cheated when I see paid DLC on Steam. I really do. I thought I thought they could block it, couldn't they? Oh, I mean, sure they could. Sure they could. They could just say no. You're not releasing this on Steam. But uh, they, they allowed for paid DLC. 
So I don't mm. know how I feel about that. I think it's. I think uh, what might have happened, or what they might be doing, is that they might be seeing if it's plausible by <laughs> using some someone else's junk. Like, hey, if you want to risk it, of you know your product being completely alienated, then go for it. But uh, Valve won't do anything like that. But I think they were probably curious just to see the reaction. Yeah, for sure. I was I was curious to see a reaction, and I mean, it, it's quite prevalent. Every news outlet in terms of the Half-Life community, is talking about this, and this is... Nobody knows what this game is, but the point of the matter is that the DLC is not free. And people are pissed. People are really pissed. <laughs> and they don't even have the game. I mean, I don't even have the game. I don't even know what the game is, but I don't care. <laughs> You're not going to pay for it. Yeah, I'm definitely not, not going to now. Well, I just feel that's really I mean. cheated. Like, that's what I was saying. Like, you, they've, like they've completely alienated us from the product and we even we don't even know what the product is <laughs> so anyway <laughs> that's uh that's that part of talk of the week next on the list is the neosis training um dvds and they released a sort of i don't know cinematic an in-game source cinematic and i actually watched this it's really funny i urge everybody to watch this but what they did is they kind of released a trailer video a teaser trailer on what you can create if you buy or if you get their uh, source choreography and in-game cinematics guide. And uh, they show off this little video, and it's kind of like a machima or a machinima of uh, what the Neosis team created in source. And it's actually kind of funny. You're in sort of this boat, and you know, shit hits the fan, and people are pissed at you. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Um, Anyway, did anybody watch this? I'm a I big did. fan of Machinima. That's so, that's all I have to say about it. Yeah. So I'd probably get this. I'd probably get it. Yeah. It's funny. Thomas, what did you think of the video? I thought it was pretty funny. Like, it's always good to see what people are capable of doing with game engines in the way of Machinima. I'm a personal fan myself. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it was good to see. <laughs> I just like the part where my girl um, Stephanie was watching it with me and uh, she loved the part where the guy says a thousand plagues on all your houses Freeman <laughs> <Something like> that. <laughs> that was funny um, so anyway that's uh, the Neosis training guides and Neosis has always created some really good stuff I mean they, they not only do things for Source they do things like Maya and uh, creating things in 3D Studio Max a great team uh, a great source of tools if you're getting in development I think this is something that newbie developers need to pick up. Last in the topic of the week, and I added this this morning, I saw it on Half-Life2.net, and it's called What's in the Box? And I'm sure nobody really oh watched this yet. Oh my god. Was this not the coolest thing you've ever seen in your entire life? Oh, so you watched it. Yes, it was. it's brilliant. It's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Yes. Yeah. I really loved it. It, had, it has nothing to do with Half-Life. Just, I'm letting everybody know there, but they used Half Life you know, sounds. Does. Uh, no, they, they used Half Life sounds and kind of. There was a citadel, and, there, and they had a combine. There wasn't really a citadel though. It was more like a building with the citadel portal at, above it. So, I don't know. Like right now, as it stands, they released this video, and it's kind of like the Eon Eight thing or any of those other viral marketing techniques, um, where you don't really know what it's about and they have this mysterious website with this mysterious picture associated with it all will be in the show notes and nobody knows what this is but the video is really sweet it's like a demo trailer of this movie that's coming out 
um, but they used Half-Life assets. I think I think it's important to stress. A lot of people um, will hear what we have to say on the podcast and just kind of like dismiss it. But you have to absolutely see this. It's it is one of the highlights of my year. I mean, of my year in terms of media that I've seen. It is it is absolutely brilliant. You have to watch it. It looks period. awesome. I mean, we were talking about the uh, the Half Life movie a couple episodes back, where the the people from Toronto made a nice little trailer. This, in my opinion, sort of beats that. Um, it you you kind of have to like the whole Cloverfield cinematic style, where it's all handy cam. You see somebody's first person view, but once you get over that, it's beautiful. The the effects. It, in it, I I think it, I like it. I think it's a good idea that that style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it too. Just some people kind of don't like it. They get kind of sick. I don't know. Throw own type of thing. Um, anyway, so that that finishes up topic of the week. Watch the video if you haven't seen it yet because it's, it's interesting. Um, one thing that I just wanted to really touch upon um, this week, and I put it in blast from the past because I didn't know where else to put it. We're not going to talk about it for that long. But ModDB um, posted the Gunman Chronicles demo. And this brought back some really good memories back in the day. This isn't the full game, but this is just the, the 60 meg demo of what they released way back when. And I remember this like it was yesterday. Um, they released it in 2007. So we're looking at nine years ago for a Half-Life 1 sort of spinoff. It's not really a mod. It was kind of like its own standalone game, right? Anyway, does anybody remember playing Gunman Chronicles back in the day? No. Nope. No, you guys didn't right. come down Chronicles. Emmanuel, no. come on, Emmanuel. No. No, nobody played Gunman Chronicles. What's wrong with you? No, people? I know. I, I remember seeing the ad for it, and I like to play it. But... Anyway, I'm sure there's somebody out there who remembers Gunman Chronicles back in the day. I mean, it was only popular for like two weeks. Um, I don't even know how. <laughs> I don't really know where it came from. I think it came from some like Quake Two mod, and then they ported it over to Half Life. Anyway, it's out there. Check out the demo. Grab out some nostalgia from it and uh, do what you will. So, that finishes up last from the past. Now, time for our interview. And sorry, Nick, for making you wait for so long. No, it's all right. It's all right. Um, as we've mentioned before, we have Nick Cook, a.k.a. Wake. For, uh, he's GoldenEye Source PR representative. Um, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Yep. Uh, so, start off... Um, I don't know if there's anybody out there, but there might be one person who doesn't know what GoldenEye Source is. So, how would you like to know? <laughs> All right, GoldenEye Source is a total conversion mod for obviously Half-Life 2. And it's taking the uh, N64 game GoldenEye 007, GoldenEye 64, whatever you want to call it, and bringing it to the Half-Life 2 Source engine. Actually, on Orange Box now. Woo-hoo. Orange Box. And uh, yeah, we're bringing across everything we we can, and we think we should. And uh, yeah, we think we think it will, uh, you know, apply to modern standards, and also to the people who like the nostalgia. So that's pretty much in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel, you want to start us off with the questions? I know you love it. Uh, um, well, I wanna I wanna ask questions, but he's not like he isn't the you're not the sole proprietor of the idea. Like you didn't really no no. I See, yeah, it's a it's a long time mod, and there's uh, yeah, you know, there's people who are in charge in charge. I'm just the PR kind of uh, representative, I guess. See, I've got questions, but, but they're not questions I can aim at you. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're well, you, they're, they're not particularly a mod. Feel, yeah, feel free. I I know what, quite a lot of things. 
why wh- whose idea was it why what made them say one day you know what let's let's do this this was uh this was a fun experience in the n64 let's why not do it for for the source Entry. it's uh originally concepted by uh nicholas uh Nixter bishop and uh also with enzo matrix who's uh um, one of our level designers they sort of got together after some uh failed uh Half-Life 1 Goldeneye mods, if, I don't know if you guys remember yeah. some of those back in the day. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, actually they I was going to ask about that, I remember. Sorry, they were going to uh, get together because a couple of mods had sort of split and uh, Half-Life 2 was about to come out and, uh, and uh, the releasing of the SDK and all that kind of stuff. And they just thought, you know, let's run with it. Let's, let's bring across all the people we can from those... Uh, Mods combine them together and and start to you know make it for the truly modern engine at the time, and that's that's sort of its conception. One thing that we we always discuss about on the podcast when we when we mention Goldeneye Source is uh, um, I guess legalities. <laughs> and, oh yes, yes. And I don't yeah. know how much you know about the Goldeneye Source's legality story, but can you maybe sh- share oh. that and how and how Goldeneye kind of battled with MGM and and what other mod groups um can do to kind of keep their mods alive? Yeah, I think uh the the biggest thing is uh that I can offer as far as advice is just to uh be respectful and lay out disclaimers and all these kind of things and don't try to profit from your uh i guess copied ip is what it really is but um you know we we sort of uh we sort of go under the radar in our way and uh we we just we see it as a sort of like an artistic uh recreation of these memories and so we we don't want to make any money of this or anything like that and we don't want to step on anyone's toes but there is definitely a lot of uh a lot of heat as far as copyright issues mm-hmm. if if we were to overstep in their eyes there'd be about four companies coming down on us <laughs> have you guys ever gotten any uh cease and desist orders or anything like that how do you deal with that we've uh no we've never actually had a cease and desist and we're uh we attribute that to that same thing i was saying just being respectful in the way we present ourselves forward and uh we have actually been uh, I guess unofficially approached in the past uh, that the that they're okay with us. This is MGM. I mean, mm-hmm. that they are okay that we are doing this mod and we're doing it the way we're doing it, and to keep doing it uh, as respectfully as we are, and that uh, you know, there's like the smallest outside chance that we get published, maybe. But but I mean, you know, we can't we can't take that seriously because there is so much uh, controversy over it. Right. If you just uh, you know take into account the uh, Xbox 360 stuff uh, that happened, you know a while ago now, but you know it got shut down because nobody could come together for an agreement, sort of thing. So, right. It's just we're gonna keep going with what we're doing and release it for free always, and just be as respectful as we can. Did you guys ever get contacted by Rare? I'm just I'm just curious on what they think. About Actually, the n- no. And now that Rare's, you know. Gone the way. Um, yeah, we we've we've had uh, actually our music, our music people have got contacted by their music people, uh, but that was he's not at the company anymore, so it wasn't actually on behalf of Rare. Or why were they? Why were they um, contacted? I, uh, sorry. I think he's asking why, why were the music people contacted. 
Yeah. Oh, that was actually no. Our our music people uh, gave them an email, gave uh, oh, okay. their music artist an email, just to ask about uh, certain certain things, and that was for the classic uh, classic tracks that were done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were they were they very helpful, or did, were they just kind of? Uh, no, off? that was just. No, it was just one. It was just one person. It was sort of more like uh, just one developer to another. I guess it wasn't. It wasn't on official terms. I could see Rare being like, "Yeah, you guys are doing awesome. Keep up the good work." You know, we we would hope so. Yeah, <laughs> but we haven't actually had anything like that. Them coming forward. Mm-hmm. So when do you? Uh, I mean, most notably, there's there's tons of mods out there who try to recreate something, um, you know, one to one almost. When do you guys yep. say to yourself, uh, okay, we gotta, we can't have this feature in the mod because it would totally ruin it. And also, stemming off from that, when do you say, we need to add this feature or else it won't be complete? We usually do that through the process of actually, uh, we, we of just making the mod and playtesting it. We, uh, we've sort of always tried to keep it open though. Like, for instance, jumping is enabled if the server wants it. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Like you, you can't. We can't alienate the modern people as well. That that would just uh, that would be a bit elitist as well. I think from a game developer perspective, to completely recreate uh, what they did. Mm-hmm. And also, some of the things aren't just aren't possible in the in in logic with the source engine and stuff like that. Right. Um, one of the biggest complaints with GoldenEye Source, and uh, we've said it here on <laughs> Podcast Seventeen, and. I've said it on Modcast as well, um, is that when when you're new to the game um, and you're joining servers, you you're you have a chance of joining a server that has a lot of custom variables sent. For example, um, one hit kills, um, maybe yep. paintball mode, or different things like that. And it can kind of I think it ruins the experience for somebody who's brand new to the game that wants to just experience vanilla Goldeneye Source, and they join a server and they get the wrong first impression um how are you guys sort of addressing that in maybe future versions or do you think it's an issue or do you not think it's an issue i uh i think it's an issue of just time actually uh the server hosts and all that kind of stuff haven't really had the time to uh sort of sort out what we've done with this beta 3 and actually put it into place for the player base i think that uh a lot of the a lot of what we have to do is actually education and and stuff like that and I've I've sort of started trying to do that myself, and the team has a mind to do that. And from a like developing standpoint, I uh, I think I think we will try to put uh, some things into place to play test. But it would it would be a process where it would come out, you know, in six months' time. It wouldn't be we wouldn't be able to fix it overnight. I don't mm-hmm. think some of the little things like that. Would you guys ever entertain the idea of? Uh sort of cycling gameplay modes within one server without having to actually restart the server? Is that something on your mind or anything? Uh, that is actually, I, I guess I'm on the page with what you're saying, but that is actually possible at the moment. Cycling gameplay is map to map. You can actually do already. Yeah, in, I'm just in saying. In the new patch. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right, so uh, Emmanuel, anything else before I continue? I don't know if um, gonna... When are you going to do single player? Because <laughs> that's important. <laughs> we are we we've always been quite hardline about this because it's 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 actually a focus thing as well within the mod within the team. Uh, we don't want to sp- sort of split off and be doing two things at once. That that's going to stretch us, you know, just from the 
factor that we're an online online uh, online development team, and so uh, we we're saying when we've done with basically everything to do with multiplayer that we can do, as in a team, then we will look at uh, single player as an option, and we have actually already uh, discussed a lot for years now um, what single player will be and what it will be like, but we obviously can't talk about that yet because. We haven't even gone through the process of even starting the code and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. it, it's really just uh, our, our own minds at this point. <laughs> One of my personal questions is when are we going to get yeah. the Moonraker laser? And the Moonraker uh, it should be. Oh, it should be uh, maybe both of those in Beta 4. Nice. nice. Uh, def definitely, definitely the weapons. Every single weapon is going to be in Beta 4. Okay. We're going to have the whole entire selection. Uh, it was only just because of uh, a few delays with uh, a few departments, I guess. And so much stuff was done in that year that we went from Orange Box. I uh, went to Orange Box, sorry. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, Beta 4, and that, that will be in uh, a few months, possibly summer. On that topic, um, how was the Orange Box transition? There's a lot of mods right now. Uh, for example, uh, Pirates, Vikings, and Knights are making the orange box transition was that difficult for you guys um did you guys maybe that, have to kind of go off the radar for a little bit to make that transition that was a no-brainer for us because we were having such a hard time with the uh old old source uh version we we're on mm -hmm. uh basically with um a few a few bugs from the beta one which is a completely different mod in my in my eyes but uh yeah we we had to sort of go back to scratch and say, well, we should do this now because we're spending a month trying to fix bugs that uh, are just having dead ends sort of thing. So we we uh, just basically said we may as well just start porting to this new engine that's doing a lot of good things. And and since that, actually, obviously the achievements have come in, and yeah. we're one of the first mods to really utilize that, which uh, we're really proud of. And I think it adds so much to the entire feel of the game, and we we it's a no brainer that we we did this. Yeah, yeah. I think the achievement system is is incredible in in the fact that you guys aren't Steamworks, uh, and you guys yet you still uh, you know achieve to get achievements. <laughs> yeah. But uh, exactly, they make for an incredibly interesting gameplay. Uh, when Beta Three came out originally. Um, I played a single session just trying to get, you know, the 250 kill thing. And it, and it keeps people, you know, sort of attached to your mod without... It, it yeah. kind of adds a, an, an end game mode to multiplayer. And I think that's really yeah. important to multiplayer mods to keep people interacted and keep people playing. So how far along the multiplayer are you? Would you say you're like 80% uh, done? I think, yeah, that would be uh, as far as, not not with maps, but as far as like the coding aspect, you know, the, the gameplays that are in there and uh, the weapons and the player models, as far as like the, the standard uh, multiplayer player models, we are about at, the, at that now. We've only got one or two more, three more um, uh, multiplayer uh, player models, the, the regular ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, to go and so then we will start the process of uh, doing what what we call the bonus materials I suppose yeah. and uh, sort of setting us up for a single player if that's where the way we the way we want to go <laughs> now I'm assuming you are all GoldenEye fans at heart so oh. can, can you share some of your early ex experiences with GoldenEye with the listeners oh yeah yeah I was uh, I was the oldest of the people who I was always playing with uh, 
my younger brother would have uh, friends come around, I guess, and whenever my friends came around. And we would have like seriously like six or seven people and we'd have to wait, uh, you know, wait turns and rotate through and all that kind of stuff. It was just crazy memories and I loved every minute of it. And actually, from a developer standpoint, I remember just like running around, running around the maps alone, like when, when it, you know, two o'clock in the morning when nobody else is going to be playing with me. And just like just running around just thinking, how awesome is this? How awesome could this be in the future? And to actually have that, that's what got me so excited. To come to come to the PC uh, version and sort of embrace it and get involved in the community. So I think that if there's a couple of thousand more people like me around, then we're going to have a huge player base, and <laughs> we hope we do. Emmanuel, how about you? You want to share some of your experiences? <clears throat> Same thing with him. I, I didn't have a childhood. I just played Goldeneye <laughs> with my friends. It was just pizza and Goldeneye. It was great. Yeah. And I wouldn't take back a second of it. For me... Um, like I said before the show that my GoldenEye experience is probably more nerdy than all of yours in that, uh, I'm an only child. So I played GoldenEye alone a lot and I played multiplayer by myself holding two controllers a lot, which I'm sure a lot of people did. I, I've um, done that. Yes. Yeah. But more specifically, um, when I was a child, I used to make things out of paper and, uh, because I had no, I didn't have Legos and I didn't have like, you know, any of those crazy things that kids have nowadays i had paper and tape and uh i recreated every single golden eye source weapon to scale out of paper and i have the pictures to prove it and then uh off topic a little bit i also recreated the entire duke nukem first level out of paper when i was a kid (laughs) (laughs) so that sounds like a lot of work (laughs) that's uh my childhood you guys say you didn't have any friends i definitely didn't have any friends <laughs> hey, you're right you had us beat <laughs> oh i don't know i i've been sitting pretty quiet here with my story so what's your story thomas well I thought uh, you said you never played goldeneye or anything you weren't you didn't really get into it no i just i didn't get into the I have, i'll be honest i haven't gotten into the newer version the source one but i was a huge fan of the original mm-hmm. um when I was growing up, I lived in a townhouse in a pretty closed community. Um, and, you know, the townhouses were all right, but the walls were paper, paper thin. And I would be playing uh, GoldenEye on the Nintendo 64, you know, just doing single-player missions by myself. And it would not be uncommon for me for me to be sitting there playing, hear the doorbell ring, and then there would be this kid I've never met before holding an N64 controller. <laughs> with the cord. And he was like, hey, can I come play? And we'd be like, okay, come on in. And literally, there was one day where there was uh, myself and a friend, and there was two other kids I had never met before. And we were all playing Goldeneye, and we didn't even find out our names until we were halfway through killing. And because we were like, oh, man, you suck, whatever your name is. <laughs> it's bill and i'm like okay bill you suck but and this would happen can i punch you (laughs) and um yeah like these people that you would never know like you know it was a great way to learn the people are your neighbors but the neighbors rotated out sometimes you know every few months so it would be a new kid holding an n64 controller saying can i come play (laughs) and 
I don't know about you guys. How many controllers did you break uh, the Z button on yeah. by holding down the trigger on Goldeneye? I, I think at least once many. for me. My running, my running is with those little with the toggle thing, uh, with it getting all uh, screwed up. Like it would get, it would just become really jarred and all that kind of stuff. And I'd have to buy a new one every like two months. <laughs> yeah, Goldeneye was the main reason I had to buy probably three or four other controllers just because I was breaking the Z button or my friend would break the Z button. <laughs> oh, what nostalgic feelings. Okay. Back to, back to GoldenEye source. Um, I wanted to ask you the question now, obviously the maps for GoldenEye were designed for a four player environment, um, stemming from the N64. So how are you guys addressing that as like, you know, a 24 player environment? Do you feel the game has gotten a lot more fast paced because of it? Or um, are you kind of tweaking some things a little bit behind the scenes? This is obviously one of the biggest things that uh, comes up on our forums as far as uh, you know, dividing the community on what they uh, like and what they don't like. Um, we, we actually have obviously the um, revision maps, which are you know, the stunning looking things that uh, our guys are doing. But we also have the classic maps, which actually are to scale to the originals as far as... Um, yeah, they actually actually lead to scale. Um, we've gone through and researched and done all that kind of stuff to get them to the scale. And you can actually, if what we're actually wanting to happen is more four-player servers to come up. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, again, it's this. It's not the server's fault, but it's it's uh, just a a uh, just a factor that we haven't had to had to deal with yet. And uh, which is to educate people to put up more four-player servers and usually to have the uh, classic maps on rotation would be good. We have about four at the moment in the mod, four or five, and we've got at least one more coming in the next patch. So you could have five maps playing in rotation with a four-player limit and a lot of of those people who like that kind of nostalgia will get that instantly. Now, did you guys ever entertain the idea of... uh um removing i know this is blasphemy but did you guys ever entertain the idea originally about removing the toggle you know mouse aim or was that just something you guys said immediately like we have to have it so that you have to hold a button to mouse aim no matter what oh is the aim mode are you talking about is yeah. that what you mean yeah yeah no we 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 definitely always wanted to have the aim mode the same with the cross and uh mode. yeah exactly come up with a crosshair uh, there's still been a few discussions about the way that works, but at the moment we're very happy with how it is and the way it feels. And usually, if a, a player will play for th- two or three days with with it, uh, they start to get used to it. And if, yeah. if you go back to other games that give you a, a standard crosshair, you will find yourself you're aiming a lot better. <laughs> so this is actually like uh, from a PR standpoint, this is something I like to say: you will get better at other games by playing our game. <laughs> So can you pretty much say that all the features have been nailed down in terms of coding and, you know, for example, the desk screen, and we've mentioned the aiming before, but those types of things in player selection, are those all pretty much ironed out? You're just adding content now? I actually think that uh, from uh, the coders uh, actually do want to improve on them slowly over time, the way they work, optimizing stuff. Um, changing out things, maybe trying different ways to do such as the desk screen, uh, maybe more um, graphically 
uh, impressive, etc. But for now, we're very happy with what we've got, and it doesn't really affect the gameplay at all. So it's just visual things uh, at the moment that we're looking to do in the future. Great. Thomas, you got any questions? Uh, no, you were you've done a great job of answering all the, the important ones. Can I actually uh, just have a little spiel here about <laughs> the new release? Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, sure. Actually, yeah, I was, I was going to ask you that. Mm-hmm. Thank you for reminding me. That's all right. Um, the, the beta of 3.1 has just come out uh, this last week. It's been out for seven days at the moment. And uh, it was, uh, it's basically just a code fix, um, but it's a massive code fix. There's over 30 changes, uh, and that's not counting the additions as well, uh, in under a month since our other release. And it's addressed critical things such as, like, uh, I don't know if you guys know, but the telefragging on certain maps, like complex where you would just uh, suicide randomly at, when you spawn. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that has been totally addressed and completely uh, smashed, which we're very happy with. Um, there's something that not many people really knew about, but it was affecting servers, is uh, a network traffic clutter from the radar, which has been now optimized completely. And and also, um, like I was saying before, the servers have actually gotten better since, since the Beta 3 came out because of what we've done with um, certain things like the way game modes work and... Uh, Basically, if you go to the wiki, you can find out all these kind of things for playing and hosting the mod. One more thing, uh, the, the addition of a weapon set uh, called Random Loadout, which is you put it in your config, and uh, that basically gives you a new weapon set every round uh, of a map if it's round-based. So, Just like the original. Through, through, through the Exactly, but it, it just toggles over, t- uh, over a map, over the same map. So... You could be playing uh, Facility Classic, uh, uh, sorry, not Facility Classic, just Facility, and it could have pistols one, one, three or four minutes, however long the rounds are set for the server, and then it will automatically switch at the round end to uh, sniper rifles or whatever, whatever is next on the random loadout. And so you have quite a lot of variance in just one map. That's great. Um for people who haven't made the transition from beta two to beta three, like for Thomas, for example, um, could you give us some like maybe quick features of what is the main difference between beta two and beta three? Because it was such a big change. Oh yeah, uh, awards are in. That's a huge thing at the moment. Uh, award the awards from the original, like mostly harmless and all those favorites, are in the beta three and uh, beta three point one and. Uh, just plenty of optimizations to the maps, sometimes even completely uh, changing the way, uh, like a facility, for example, uh, in the beta one, I think you mean, um, was had a whole underground section, which uh, sort of, it was very cool and a lot of people liked it, but it sort of took away from the nostalgia, even though it's not a classic map, we still wanted it to, and the mapper wanted it to have a certain nostalgia to it. And so we decided to remove, uh, he decided to remove that, and we all agreed once it was done. And so the choke point is still there when you, where you go through the security doors, I guess they're called. And, but it adds, it adds that nostalgia, and you feel like you have to, uh, you know, sort of, you don't feel like you have a way out necessarily. You have to fight your way through those doors to get to the other areas of the map. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. That, that, those are just a couple of the things 
uh, I could go on for a long time and that would be too long. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, just for our developers out there, can you maybe give us an idea of uh, sort of your iteration model, how you guys develop a certain aspect of the mod because you're obviously doing it right i mean over the past couple of months you guys have been doing update over update over update over update and you guys clearly have a good conveyor belt system on how to make sure all those updates get out um you know and in a timely fashion so how does your development cycle work so to speak well we have quite a uh, we have like a tiered system at the moment and it's developed slowly over time i guess um, when the mod was passed off to the four project managers, um, they're all um, they're all from the art department, I suppose, and and that's like our that's from a um, from a public relations perspective, that's our engine. That's that's what we use to um, you know get all our media out there and and get it shown and all that kind of stuff. And these guys uh, have been with us since the start, and they sort of uh, run the ship, I suppose, and. And uh, all the people under it just keep getting better over time, and uh, are all up to up to scratch with actually professional game development companies at the moment. And we so we can keep having uh, new people come, and we and we teach them, and they they get into our system, I guess. And it just runs quite professionally, as probably as professionally as it can in an online environment. Day to day. we're all on the forums as much as we can. Actually, this week uh, we've sort of said let's have a week off <laughs> for after a whole year of just uh, being indulged in this experience. Yeah. But um, yeah, apart from uh, little breaks and people going on vacations and stuff, everyone's quite highly involved and always working, even behind closed doors. We're always talking to each other on AIM, etc. And uh, so it's just a very uh, encouraging environment. You always, you've always got someone. There's never a dead period on the forums. Mm-hmm. There's always you can bring up something and you can show something and you get immediate responses and criticisms. So it, it works like a little, a little development community, and we're really happy with how with how we are as a team. It's just it. it could, I, I think it could be better actually. Mm-hmm. And what what kind of advice would you give to sort of a new development team if they want to get started? Definitely have have experience in teams before. Uh, you sort of can't you sort of can't start your own mod uh, if you haven't actually been in a team for at least I, I guess a year and had some experience uh, getting your stuff out there in in a release or something like that. Because uh, yeah, some people might have an idea, but if if you can get if you can get on a team and be experienced and take those experiences to to your your idea and have that time to flesh it out, then it will just be that much stronger. And rather than coming up with an idea and releasing it that week on ModDB or whatever with some concept art or some early screens, uh, you don't have a coder yet perhaps and so you're just going to fall dead quite fast. So you sort of have to you know work your way work your way and uh, you'll find that the rewards will be far greater just as we have. Like like I was saying, for instance, a lot of those guys came from past mods in Half-Life 1. I, I would say all of the original crew were heavily involved in GoldenEye mods from Half-Life 1 right. that maybe didn't go as far as we wanted them to, as far as they wanted them to, sorry. And 
they were just able to really, uh, you know, hammer down their experiences into this new creation. And that's why, and that's what makes a success. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's really good advice for anybody out there who wants to start a mod and get into the scene, so to speak. Um, so lastly, I mean, uh, what can we expect in the future? Um, obviously, you guys care about single player. That's really prevalent. Um, and then what can we expect in the near future? I mean, like what's the next, um, uh, beta four is on our, on our radar. Very, very much. So, uh, like I said, with beta four, I've mentioned a few things, but, uh, weapons, definitely all the weapons in, uh, a few more maps, probably up to three, maybe four maps, uh, will be released with this. So it's a content, so it's going to be a content release and, uh, it's obviously going to address any of the issues we, we come up with in this time where we uh, get feedback from our player base over time. And hopefully by then we'll uh, be able to, you know, put them into the mod and play test them. And you'll definitely be seeing a lot more uh, PR from, from us uh, of all these things. So you'll see them come out uh, in screenshots and, and uh, news posts. Awesome. And where can people go to find out more information about Golden Eye Source? Definitely hit our main hub, uh, net, And from there, you can find everything you need. The wiki, which is if you don't want to toggle through all that, wiki.goldenisource.net. And uh, also our forums, forums.goldenisource.net. And uh, we'd really like... We really appreciate all the fans that come to and uh, go through the process of signing up and giving their thoughts. Uh, even even if we we personally think they are misguided, we really appreciate every of the players and uh, we hope to see them in game. And a lot of our developers actually still play in the game, uh, even even after you know the the release period uh, dies out. There will be a lot of us in game, so you'll be able to. Hit us up and and tell you tell us what you think if you don't want to go to the forums. Interesting. All right. Well, um, Emmanuel dropped off. We don't know where Emmanuel went, so he's out of the <laughs> call. So see yeah, ya, Emmanuel. Um, but we have some audio questions real quick, and I know we're pushing the episode, so I'm sorry. But I wanted to get um, Radman's audio question in here, and maybe Brian's too, real quick before we sh- close up. Um, so we're just going to play Rad, uh, Radman's audio question, and uh, then we'll talk about it. How do you manage to spare so much time for modding when you have school, work, outdoor activities, and other real-life things to do? I mean, some modders are bit so busy sometimes, they have to archive the mod because they can't continue. Some manage somehow to spare time, but it takes ages just to finish the mod. So I'm asking, what is the best way to spare time? How do you manage it to save some time so that you can really work on the mod? All right, so Radman had a really interesting question. Um, he wanted to know how people find time to make mods or um, play mods, essentially. And uh, for me, um, I mean, I don't make mods because I definitely don't have the time to do so. <laughs> but, uh, but for playing, I just take, you know, every ounce of moment I have, really. Um, I, usually I play in segments and usually I can't play at all. But I really try to just fit everything in. I mean, I have a laptop which makes things easier because um, I get everything ready before I come home. Like, for example, I'll have everything downloaded and installed. Um, like, I do that at work. I don't play games at work, but I have everything installed and downloaded before I come home. And so when I sit down at home at my desk, I just plop down my laptop and just get going. It does really 
make a difference. Laptops make, you know, life easier, in my opinion, a lot easier. But I don't really do much development. Thomas, I mean, you're always in the papers, into papers. So how do you find yeah. time? Um, to be perfectly honest, being a university student, like many listeners, um, the the peaks that I've seen, and I've got graphs on this stuff, physical graphs and charts, because um, the times that mods seem to be worked on by development teams, the main time, it's the summer. Yeah, it, It's the summer because that's when people aren't in school. Yeah, people are still working and they're out for those summer jobs, but without that school chunk you have to worry about, and a lot of developers, I think it's pretty safe to say, are in that bracket where they're either at university or at a trade school or something. Like They've got some big career thing going on most of the year, and summer is the time that people generally get off. And I think like when I look at the statistics on Half-Life Creations, the highest points of uh, viewers and form activity on the mods we host occurs in summer and Christmas, are the two big times that development seems to spike yeah i don't know what nick, nick what was your oh definitely definitely i uh, yeah um i uh with uh regards to the question um i i'm not in university or anything like that anymore but it's it helps to uh not have to have something that's too much pressure if you're doing a job if you got got a full-time job and etc if you have something that's sort of easy and breezy and you can uh, insert your passion into your free time, that, that helps with um, playing mods and, and making mods. I mean, yeah, and definitely we, we try to, from a, from a mod perspective, we try to release uh, either summer or around Christmas time because we know that's when a lot of people are going to be playing the mods. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's our target times, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, to add to that, also um, integration is what I found works a lot. For example, um, my final project for computer science is actually Podcast 17. So um, I put the two together, and there you go. Now I have time. <laughs> so I don't know. You just got to play around with your schedule if you're really that passionate about things. And if you're, if you're in a trade school, like Thomas says, and uh, maybe if you're in game development or something, then maybe making one of your projects, your mod, might be a good idea, you know? I mean, it's perfectly legitimate... Um, way to um, work on your your school work at the same time as working in your hobbies you know so um, a lot of game a lot of game developers do that now mm -hmm. it's it's the hot thing and that's and that's awesome it's just it's gonna make it just better and better i guess and it forces them to release too because it's their future exactly. at stake <laughs> exactly <laughs> all right so the next question here um is another really quick one from brian oh actually rad um before before we go um, out of Radman, the whole reason he wrote a question is so that he can get a plug. So um, we'll get back to his plug while I open it, um, <laughs> and then. But first, we'll read Brian's question. So Brian wants to know. Um, he wants to play some really good HL one mods, but he doesn't want to listen through all our podcasts. So any suggestions for Half Life one mods that we can you know give him? Thomas, you want to start? Uh, sure. Uh, even though podcasts are lengthy like this one. There's still a good source of information, but you really have to put the I have to put the onus back on Brian because uh, good to me is not good to you. One, uh, two, uh, I can't recommend all of the thousands of mods, some particular good ones. Like if you go to Planet Philip, you'll find tons and tons and tons of single player because he does nothing else. But there's good ones like Pokey Six Four Six, They Hunger. Uh, what other good ones are there? Is there <laughs> 
Is there a sheep? Yeah, Azure Sheep. Yeah, that was a good one. Heart of Evil. Heart of Evil. Um, what other Half ones were there? Oh, Halfquake. Yeah, we talked to him about a sheep. Yeah, yeah there's so many. Though. Like, you can just keep going and going and going. Um, Heart of Evil, I think. Um, <laughs> Specialist. Yeah, the, the Specialist. Special. Yeah, another good one. Yeah, that, that's all right. That one's an acquired taste, but yeah, I would agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's Paranoia, again, acquired taste. Um, yeah, there's so many. So hopefully you'll be able to take some away that I've mentioned. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, I'll start. Nick, how about you go first? I think if you want to uh, find really good Half-Life 1 mods, uh, just try to use the uh, ModDB, I guess, uh, the rating system for Half-Life 1 mods. That would be one way, and uh, and see if you can see if it lines up with some of the things that you've uh, that you see in the show notes of these, and then you'll start to see some ones that you really should download and have a go at. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what I would do if I was if I was at the moment wanting to get into Half Life One mods. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're mentioning a lot of single player Half Life One mods um, because unfortunately the the good multiplayer mods no longer have a strong player base. Um, and there are still a few out there. For example, most notably Sven Co-op is a really good one, and Natural Selection has some really strong player bases still right now. Um, Action Half-Life is another mod that has been always been popular and still has some people playing out there. You might find some servers for Action Half-Life. Um, but the real meat of the games are going to be the single player at this point um, because all the good Half-Life 1 multiplayer mods have pretty much migrated to Half-Life 2, and if they haven't, they're making the progress to, um, and the rest of them are still in Half-Life 1 and have some sort of strong community. So those are some good single-player mods, Brian, and hopefully that helps you, and also we listed some multiplayer mods and some ways for you to get some more ideas. And of course, if any of the listeners out there have any um, suggestions for Brian or want to comment on this week's podcast or um, talk about maybe their Gunman Chronicles stories or if they remembered Gunman Chronicles or maybe their nostalgia with GoldenEye Source, feel free to use our comment system um, at www.podcast17.com. You just comment on the show. It's really that simple. And that pretty much wraps up the show. Going back to Radman, uh, he wanted to plug his mod Project Arc. And he is searching for coders and modelers, so if there's anyone interested in helping him out, go ahead and head to his uh, ModDB profile. Once again, that's Project Arc, and uh, contact him there. So thank you, Radman, for your question. Emmanuel, unfortunately, dropped off the face of the planet. He is not here, um, but I'm sure he'd be swearing at me because this is a He went to play show. some Golden Eye Sauce. Did he? <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'd like to thank Emmanuel wherever you are. Hopefully you're not dead. Um, Thomas, of course, thank you for being on the show, as always. Yes, Catravan these news. Why do you say that? Um, it's, it's, yeah, <laughs> I want to know why. It's it one of, out? <laughs> <laughs> um, it has to do with grade 4 French, and that being the only piece of French I can remember is what I learned in grade 4. I've tried to take French three other times throughout my entire life, but I can was only... There, <laughs> was there a I hot teacher? Only, uh, no, unfortunately. <laughs> That's why I paid attention. There was nothing to look at. But, uh, also I was in grade four. But, yeah. yeah. I've, I've, the only French I can retain is the stuff I've learned in grade four, and I think Catravan Disneuf is fun to say. Everyone should say it at least once a day, just for the laughs. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, and I'd like to also thank Nick, of course, for calling on from GoldenEye Source. A very good conversation. We learned a lot. I love talking about GoldenEye. It's just so fun. <laughs> Me too. And I think you guys are doing no... an excellent job with the mod. 
I hope you guys never stop. <laughs> oh, I'm sure we do too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. anyway, um, sixty year old uh, making the game still. <laughs> um, and also, congratulations to uh, Azalito for winning the uh, contest this uh, these past two weeks. The Photoshop my Vegas photos. You will receive a copy of Half Life Two. Half-Life 2 Episode 1 and Half-Life 2 Episode 2. Oh, yeah, by the way, we threw in Episode 1. <laughs> we forgot to mention and a poster that. And a poster of his penis one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll send you... We'll also mail you a poster of the penis picture, just for fun. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you. Thank you so much, everybody, and uh, thank you, listeners, for tuning in. And that finishes up another episode. <laughs>